Welcome into Rocky Talk, the Tennessee podcast presented by SECCountry.com. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being along today. Hope you had a great weekend. Any dads out there listening, hope you had a great Father's Day weekend. I sure did. It was my first Father's Day weekend as a dad, so we had a great time. I got to spend a lot of time on Sunday with my wife and my son, Owen. We just had a lot of fun. Another thing is Father's Day weekend comes and goes, and it's a reminder Man, the summer really is moving fast. It's not even technically summertime yet, but as it relates to the college football world, summertime is here, and fall camp, which begins in the summer in August, it'll be here very quickly. And this right now is the middle of the summer off-season, summer workouts, first session of the summer semester. So we're going to cover what might be going on with the summer workouts in just a moment. Mike Griffith's going to hop on. We'll talk about the quarterback position for Tennessee's coaching staff. Of course, recruiting continues to be a big focus. As last weekend, Tennessee took two commitments in the 2019 class. The Vols continue to look at every option at quarterback and continue to decide whether to offer a scholarship to different players or not. In both the 2019, 20, even 21 classes, Cormonte Hamilton, a tight end prospect from Memphis, picked up an offer recently from Tennessee. T. Hodge is a running back prospect from Maryville, just down the road from Tennessee. He's in the 2020 class, so a rising junior. He also received an offer from Tennessee over the weekend. So evaluations, that's a big part of what Tennessee's coaching staff is doing and welcoming visitors. Just a few days ago, Quiveris Crouch, one of the top athletes in the country for the 2019 class, was on campus for an unofficial visit. So a lot going on on the recruiting trail, but summer workouts is a big focus right now for the team itself as they get ready for fall camp which is only about six weeks away. So I want to welcome to the show Mike Griffith of seccountry.com. You can follow him on Twitter at MikeGriffith32. He has a story up on offensive line coach Will Friend you might want to check out at SEC Country. Mike, thanks so much for the time. We are in the middle of summer workouts going on for Tennessee. I'd say if we're going to have this conversation, what's going on out there on the practice field, what's going on with workouts, a lot of the conversation is going to begin at quarterback with now four guys out there, Jared Garantano and Will McBride, who were out there during the spring, and now grad transfer Keller Christ coming in from Stanford and true freshman JT Shrout, a quarterback from California, now four scholarship guys going through those summer workouts. Yeah, you know, and in these workouts are critical, Josh. You know, there needs to be a lot of footballs in the air, and I'm sure that there are, you know, four quarterbacks throwing passes to the receivers and um, you know, Keller Crisp, you know, the fifth year graduate transfer senior from Stanford, 11 and two record, um, kind of a leader. I think, you know, Jeremy Pruitt kind of alluded to that experience and how everybody's going to benefit from that experience. I know JT Shrout, the incoming freshman from Southern California, said he couldn't wait to learn, uh, you know, from Keller Crisp. So you kind of wonder, you know, how is it going to shake out over there? Is there going to be a division? Is it? Is it McBride and Garantano against Kristen Shroud? Is there, are there politics involved? What do the what do the teammates think? Um, will they quietly be talking about who they think the quarterback should be? The teammates part about it is very interesting, isn't it? Because this this is the time of the year. This is the time of the off season where those relationships, I think, really are formed. And this is crunch time and getting ready for August, getting ready for fall camp. And obviously there's a short window for somebody like Keller Christ in terms of arriving and then getting ready for the start of fall practice. So six weeks from now, what 
the teammates around those quarterbacks think will right. be very important. Yeah, you know, last year, you know, Butch Jones and his staff talked about leadership reps and, you know, that was pounded on. And then this new staff came in there, Josh, and they said a lot of the same things. They said they want guys that the team is going to respond well to. I mean, we're kind of hearing the same message about Garantano, um, you know, in terms of being a be a, be a be a leader, make the guys around you better. Um, you know, that's the challenge for Jarrett. And, you know, Chris is coming in with a lot of experience. And again, that 11 and two record as a starter, uh, JT Shrout with a fresh slate, I think will probably, I would guess he would redshirt, especially now that you can play appear up to four games and still redshirt. So I think it's pretty safe to say, you know, that barring a couple of injuries, he would redshirt, but it sure does seem like to me that the race is on between Garantano and McBride and Chris and, you know, we know Garantano went to the quarterback guru, you know, over the summer and and then came out and said he thinks it's great that this, he's happy that this staff got hired. Um, so it, to me, there's a lot of politics playing out, I'm sure. Uh, guys competing on the football field and the, the teammates. The teammates will, will ultimately decide because – it's going to be who they respond to. It's going to be who is able to control them best, motivate them best, bring the best out of them. And, you know, is Jared Garantano ready to lead now in year three? Uh, Will McBride with his, what they call him, Will the Thrill. And, uh, you know, the teammates really loved him and responded to him really well in, in a lot of parts of spring drills. And then, and now Keller Christ, you know, the fifth year senior. So, you know, this has got to shake out. Uh, I got the impression listening to Jeremy Pruitt when he said that he'd know who his quarterback was about halfway through the fourth quarter of the opening game against Charlotte, it made me think there might be a plan to play more than one in the opener, Josh. I think that's probably the case right now, and that's always subject to change at least because remember last year we went into the Georgia Tech game. And that's there a was, great point. You know, the, there was a lot of talk of both guys playing, and I, you know, even you and I, I think we went back and forth on would that happen, but we know what did happen, and that was that it was Dormany all the way. You know, it's kind of interesting when we talk about the the players and the relationships with the quarterbacks. I, you know, somebody like Marquez Callaway or Brandon Johnson, uh, Tyler Bird, even probably gotten a good amount of reps with Jared Gar- Garantano over the last year plus because they came in at the same time and they've uh, they had the last year in the spring when Garantano was was getting a lot of reps. You know who hasn't probably had many reps with Garantano Jawan until now? Jennings. Jawan Jennings. Yeah, you know where I'm going there because yeah. he was playing with Josh Dobbs, and then last year it was going to be Quentin Dormady leading up to the season, and then yep. Jennings goes out in game one. So he didn't play with Garantano during the season, and he didn't practice during the spring. That's a great point. And, and you know, you wonder how Jawan's doing. You know, he missed spring with that knee. You know, he had the arthroscopic cleanup. You wonder how he's doing this summer. You know, Jeremy told us that most of the guys would be back for summer, though. He said, you know, remember in April, he said most of these guys were a week or two away. So, you know, it's a whole new dynamic when you think about it. Remember, Greg McElroy, the Alabama former Alabama quarterback, told us that there could be as many as 12 guys that could start for Tennessee that did not play in the orange and white game. And, you know, he didn't just pull that out of the air. That's that's the kind of thing you hear right from Jeremy Pruitt and obviously McElroy and Pruitt are good friends because they were on the Alabama team at the same time. Uh, Pruitt is an assistant while McElroy was a championship quarterback. So uh, 12 up to 12 players. And I know you and I've gone through that before. You wonder now if Brandon Kennedy might be one of them is he's going to slide in on that offensive line, but boy, who do you push out? Do you, 
Do you push out Ryan Johnson at center? I don't think so. Jerome Carvin, the freshman guard, I mean, he's such a jumbo strong player that had such a good spring. But then there's Riley Locklear, and he sure was promising. So you wonder where Brandon Kennedy fits in, and obviously, you know, whether or not Trey Smith is back will be big. And, And then it tackles, you know, Marcus Tatum and Drew Richmond. I mean, it's amazing, Josh, how adding one player and getting through the spring and getting guys healthier. And, and suddenly, you know, we're talking about a pretty competitive situation on that offensive line. Well, Mike, how many times have we heard coaches say, we just want to get the best five out there, the best five yeah. linemen out there? Brandon Kennedy's arrival on campus gives them a better chance of that. And I say that because if Trey is able to come back, it gives you a little more versatility in whether he plays inside or outside at tackle. Uh, and then it, that might come down to DeMarcus Tatum and Drew Richmond both earn starting positions. So Kennedy's arrival gives them a better chance of getting the five they most want on the field with those exact positions to be determined. Yeah, and, and, and again, you know, it goes back to quarterback, those offensive linemen, they got to love you. You know, Casey Clawson is a great example of that. And I think most of our audience remembers Casey. Those guys loved playing for Casey Claus and his teammates absolutely loved him. I think Casey's the perfect example of a quarterback who got the most out of his teammates every single game. And, and I don't think there's been a quarterback like Casey since then that's had that sort of leadership and been able to get guys to play well around him because of his leadership techniques, because of his, you know, his toughness, um, you know, and what does Casey Clawson have in common with Keller Christ and JT Shrout? They're all California quarterbacks, Josh. Mike, the the arrival of Keller Christ is going to be fascinating to see how that affects the quarterback competition. You, you can make two different statements. One, Keller Christ did not come to Tennessee to be the backup. Also, Jarrett Garantano did not stay at Tennessee to be the backup. It's not going to be both of those guys unless you do have a back and forth all the way through the season. At some point, Tennessee's going to settle on a quarterback, and it's most likely going to be one of those two guys. But that battle is going to be uh, it's going to be the number one talking point I'd say of Tennessee's camp and will be one of the biggest talking points in the SEC well and then the battles like who's number two because sure. if Garantano's not number two if McBride beats him out for number two or Shroud I don't I don't think Jarrett would stay if he's not number two I, I think if he's one or two he's fine if he's the next man up after Keller Christ I think it's a good situation for him but there's a real chance that JT Shroud or Will McBride can pass him up so, you know, Jared Garantano's the man on the spot. I thought he I thought he looked great in the orange and white game. I thought it was the best that I'd seen him play in a Tennessee uniform. Uh, he, he's gotten bigger and stronger. Um, he sure sounds like a better leader. I know he did that TV interview out at that camp. I'm, I'm not sure he was really supposed to do that. but Yeah, and it was uh, Josh Dobbs' camp. Yeah, but the cameras were there and, and were able to get him to talk. Um, you know, and he sounded – you know, confident, sounded like a guy that thought he was going to win the job. Um, you remember his freshman year, he said he'd run away with it. So, you yeah. know, Jarrett's a guy who has a lot of confidence, Josh. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that interview uh, that Jarrett did with Mike Keith. That was signing day after his redshirt season. So before his redshirt freshman year, when he was about to battle with Quentin Dorman, he said if he got a chance, he would run away with it. It, it didn't necessarily play out that way. And, of course, you've had a coaching change since then. Also, that that's the only time Jarrett Garantano has spoken to the media since Jeremy Pruitt was hired, right? He didn't speak in the spring. So yeah, that's that's no. the only time Garantano has spoken publicly since since Jeremy Pruitt has been hired in Knoxville. 
Yeah, Jeremy's only let four or five guys talk. Yeah. You know, this is this is a team that's going to need to speak with their actions. I mean, the head coach isn't one for much fluff or BS. And, you know, he kind of called out some of his guys for walking around. Remember when he was saying some of these guys that walk around with their chest puffed out when they do good things and then their body language isn't good when they don't. And, um, you know, Jeremy's really leaning on this team. And, and I think it's going to be a tougher team. I think we're going to see more effort out of these guys. Um you know, from a talent perspective, I'm not sure how they'll match up with a few of the teams on the schedule. But if you look back a year ago, you could make the case they should have beat South Carolina, Florida, and Kentucky if they could have gotten some scores in the red zone if they would have had Juwan Jennings. And now Juwan Jennings is back, and they're healthier than they've been in probably two or three years. So this team could surprise you still. And don't you think Tennessee will be in those kinds of games with teams yeah. like that again this upcoming year? Absolutely. You know, because I think Jeremy's going to shrink the game down. You know, Butch was all about up-tempo and that hybrid spread and 90 offensive snaps. And Jeremy's not looking to run a lot of snaps. They're looking to play pro style and, you know, kind of keep the game close. You know, Philip Fulmer used the LSU game last year as a reference. And I know it didn't turn out to be a very close game, but it could have and it should have, you know, if if Callaway could have learned to handle a a kick uh, or a punt. Um, you know, but that was a pretty close football game, you know, but that was the Brady Hoke interim head coach game number one. And, and that first half was pretty close. If you'll remember, Josh. Yeah, you're right. It was, it's just by the time the season reached November, Tennessee didn't have much of an SEC roster because of all the injuries and who was available to go out there. So the, the idea of trying to hold up 60 minutes in an SEC game at that point in the year was pretty unrealistic and I think that's how it played out so uh, that's what this time of year is for Tennessee in the weight room Tennessee on the practice field those guys individually getting out there together and and working to try to get ready for the start of fall camp and that starts with the quarterback battle Uh, Mike Griffith you can follow him on Twitter at Mike Griffith 32 you and tease that story on Will Friend that's up on the website seccountry.com yeah, I've been talking about that story for a while. And, you know, news broke last week with Kennedy. I just didn't get to it. But, yeah, I decided, that, you know, last night, Father's Day, it'd be a fun read for a lot of people. I mean, you look back at Will and you get a little insight to the kind of guy that he was and is, I think, from that story, Josh. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, and uh, Mike, while I have you, before I let you go, I, I know you've seen the messages on Twitter. I have as well. We've, we've received a lot of, uh, I think, really nice messages from people who have said, hey, I listen every day or I, I listen as much as I can to find out what's going on with Tennessee. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Blake, for all the information. It's it's really meant a lot to see all those different messages uh, about the podcast and about the website, how they've come to us for Tennessee information. Oh, no doubt. You know, like I said, you know, working SEC country the last two years has been the best two years of my career. And, you know, Tennessee football, it's an exciting time right now with Philip Fulmer as the athletic director. He's a, he's a guy I know well. He's a guy I covered during his career and kind of even stayed in touch with when he was done coaching and uh you know and jeremy pruitt's a guy that i covered at alabama and this team starting to remind me of that not necessarily in terms of success but you know in terms of the toughness and what they're trying to achieve with the you know the, the offensive line mentality and the team mentality follow mike again on twitter at mike griffith 32 and read his work at sec country and uh, we will be back tomorrow talking more about what's going on with tennessee right here on the podcast hey mike thanks for the time as always appreciate it we'll talk again here soon all right thanks josh And that will do it for today's show. If you have a question for me, a comment for the show, something you want us to talk about, send it my way. I'm on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward. We are here through June 30th. So we are here through the rest of this week and next week talking about what's going on with Tennessee. We'll be here each day again on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward. Thanks so much for hanging out today. I'll see you tomorrow.